from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. You can live stream us, by the way, wabcradio.com on the Internet. You can hear us across the country, around the world, throughout the solar system. And we bring back an old friend, talk about the economy, Senator Phil Graham, former senator from Texas for many years, a mentor for all of us free market kids down through the years. Senator Graham, welcome back, sir. Larry, thank you. Thank you. What a nice compliment. Oh, no, you have. You have. Your followers are everywhere. So your great article in the journal, Wall Street Journal, Peace Through Strength Requires Economic Freedom. You know, in this... Uh, whole Putin Ukraine story there's an economic freedom issue and that is the Biden White House waging war against America's fossil fuel industries best in the world cleanest in the world cheapest in the world we could be supplying the world we were until they uh, came into power a little more than a year ago no you probably saw the journal's editorial no onshore leases no offshore leases in the first year that's never happened at least for a long time i mean we we should have the freedom to, freedom to produce energy should we not well look uh we have in essence created this russian menace by stifling our own production of oil and gas mm -hmm. uh, and allowing them to gain market power. And uh, in this period of conflict, uh, we have hampered our ability to step in and sell oil and gas uh, and in the process alleviate a crisis in Europe and drive down market prices, which takes money out of uh, – Putin's pockets, uh, and therefore, uh, if we uh, ramp back up uh, fracking and, and general production of oil and gas, we could effectively begin to dramatically reduce his finances. Yes, sir. I made that argument. I made it, made it, made it. And the White House, I mean... Actually, Congress is looking better on this now. They're starting to fight back, maybe stop the Russian exports of oil. Uh, and, of course, some senators, still Republican senators, no Democrats except for Joe Manchin. But, um, I mean, we've got to produce more oil and gas. We're capable of doing it. As you say, we would, we would stop Putin's war machine. We would stop his financing. But I think, I think, Senator, it also would help the rest of our economy. How can we have a strong market-driven economy without power? And there's not enough power that's ever going to come from uh, so-called renewables. I mean, it's, a, it's a, a crazy notion that we're going to end fossil fuels in 10 years or some such. We're never going to be able to do that. Well, look, we're certainly – fossil fuels are going to be around a long time. Uh, now, whether or not we're going to deny ourselves the efficiency and economy they produce uh, is one question, but whether the world is going to use fossil fuels is another. But you've got to understand, we're dealing with people in this White House who are far more 
uh, uh, this White House is far more dominated by zealots than the Obama White House was. And uh, these ideas of efficiency and competitiveness are sort of overwhelmed in their mind by what their political agenda is. Mm. Uh, You look at the inflation problem we have, where we doubled government spending over a 12-month period, uh, could there be any doubt as to what the effect of that was going to be on prices? No. Why did they do it? Because it was their opportunity to do it, and they were going to do it no matter what the costs were. It's sort of like you remember when Obama was asked the question, would you raise the capital gains tax even if you knew it would reduce federal revenues? And he <laughs> said, yes. Yes, I do. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he was a Boy Scout compared <laughs> to the people who are dominating this White House. He was a Boy I Scout. I mean, they are zealots yes, they uh, are. that are capable of sort of uh, – uh, basically blocking out all other interests except their political agenda. It's a very frightening thing to me. I'm sure uh, you're very different from Clinton, for example. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm sure you saw in the State of the Union that President Biden was back. He didn't mention the phrase build back better, but his social spending agenda was right there. There he goes again. Yeah, I, I love the part where... He talks about how they've cut, uh, reduced the deficit by a trillion dollars. <laughs> he didn't talk about how the deficit was increased by two trillion before it was reduced by a trillion. And he didn't talk about it's only been reduced because his program wasn't passed. But then I tell you one thing, Larry, that is just frightening to me and amazing is in my whole political career, I don't ever remember, I'm sure I said many things that were wrong, but I never intentionally said anything that I knew was not factual. And you look at that State of the Union address, and there is no way that you could fail to know that a huge percentage of things in it were just not factual. For example, the Trump tax cuts made the tax system more progressive, not less progressive. Uh, The Congressional Budget Office scored it as being more progressive. Um, And, uh, you know, there were a thousand, not a thousand, but there were many other examples of where what the president said made no sense. How can you increase spending uh, by $1.9 trillion and reduce inflation? Uh, and most of the money going to pay people not to work, which is the source of our supply chain problems. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I, I think the uh, overstimulus of demand and incentives not to work are the those are the two basic and the, the inflationary byproduct of that. But I think you know the supply chain. We <laughs> we've just fl- flooded the system with so much money. Uh, through deficit spending, and the Fed is financing the deficit spending so that we couldn't possibly 
produce as much. Now, we need to have all kinds of supply-side reforms. I want to get into that in a minute. But the fact is, uh, coming out of the pandemic and the shutdowns and so forth, we just um, we just overloaded the system. The system couldn't produce enough. And the policies well, made it they made production even more difficult. Yeah, look, there's no way when you double government spending and increase aggregate demand by 20 percent that any economy can increase production by 20 percent. Right. It's not possible. So a lot of what is being called supply chain problems is actually a problem generated by excess demand. We're importing more than we imported. The ports are bringing in more goods than they brought in. Industrial production is up above the pre-pandemic level. Why do we still have uh, supply chain problems? Basically because we have got excess demand. We had supply chain problems in the 70s and early 80s, too. We didn't call it that. We called it inflation. But it was a more honest era <laughs> than <laughs> the era we're in now. <laughs> so um, America's, America's success in the world economy has never depended on industrial policy or government subsidies, you write. And yet both Republicans and Democrats are pushing this uh, incredible so-called China compete bill uh, $250 billion out of the Senate, then they tacked on another $100 billion in the House, and we're trying to out-China China. And this cannot be exactly. a good thing. That's this cannot be good. The Oracle that, <laughs> this cannot, you this know, cannot be good. It's the very moment that China is crippling their economy, driving up unemployment, and destroying their tech industry. It, the, the equity value of their tech industry has fallen by 50% in the last four years. At the very moment, expanded government policy is doing that in China. So what do we want to do in America? Well, the same thing. Uh, it absolutely makes no sense. You know, example I use in there, we've been giving subsidies a long time. And, uh, you know, you look at what they've produced, and they've not produced much <laughs> uh, except wasted money. Uh, and the subsidies they give in China, what have they produced? Wasted money. You know, their estimates now, they're talking about 5% growth. It seems like it's only a few years ago, every year China was producing 12% growth or 15% growth. And that hasn't gotten much attention. But the latest central planning statement, they're all the way back to 5% growth because she has moved away from free markets. Exactly. And just remember, I, I never understood the Chinese economy, really, until I took my nine-year-old granddaughter to China. And we climbed the Great Wall in the mountains. We went down the Li River on a raft. And you get out in China, and you see all these buildings that were built. You see all these apartments that are half-finished. And you realize that even a lot of that 5% growth is not real. Mm. That a mm. lot of it went to build things that aren't valuable. Remember GDP, uh, since they don't have to sell these things, they just build them in China. 
that that's how much they produce, but it doesn't say much about how valuable they were, except for those that ended up being sold on the market. So uh, uh, there's no question about the fact that there's uh, that China has crippled its economy with expanded government, and at some point, it's going to affect um, the power of the Communist Party because you've got a lot of people in China that have been educated in the West. The party's control is based on providing prosperity, and when they don't provide it, um, they're going to have very, very real problems. And mm-hmm. if they keep expanding government, they're not going to provide it. Uh, they had growth because they opened up their economy. I agree with you. The greatest economic liberator in the post-war world was Deng Xiaoping. That's right. Now, I mean, it's a pity that the recent uh, presidents, including Xi, have moved away from the Deng Xiaoping reforms, and that's getting the outcomes that you're talking about. They're, exactly. They're, the value added is down and the growth is down. Uh, you know who agrees with that, Phil? It's um, Henry Kissinger. I, yeah. I remember when I first got into Trump administration, I went up. Henry the K lives about an hour north of us here in Connecticut, and I went up on a Saturday and spent five hours with him, one long afternoon, lunch right on. And we talked about this because we were negotiating the China trade deal, and I was on the trade team. But he said they're going in the wrong direction. State power is rising. Freedoms are being repressed, and it's going to have adverse effect on their economy. And sure enough, that's what's happening. We don't want to emulate that. That's why this bill well, look, is so bad. From Marx's own, socialists have taken the view that economic growth is just automatic, and you can do the things they want to do, and it won't have any effect at all. But it never works because growth is not automatic. Growth occurs because you do productive things, because you unleash human energy, because when you set people free, they become creative. And when you start limiting people's freedom, creativity starts to decline, productivity starts to decline, and growth starts to wither away. And uh, it's happening in China. And look, it happened to a much lesser extent than in China, but it happened during the Obama administration. In 2009, everybody said the economy was going to take off, and it didn't take off because it was smothered to death in the crib by massive regulation. And Biden is doing exactly the same thing. Uh, Only his regulators are outwardly uh, leftists. Um, the the most extreme people that have ever been appointed. I, I I don't quite understand how it happened. Um, Douglas Holtz Eakins Group, he's a smart fellow, have estimated, Senator, that uh, in the first year, the Biden group has uh, imposed $205 billion worth of new regulations. $205 billion. Now, that is a lot. 
Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. The uh, just in executive orders in the first thirty days, uh, he uh, stopped pipelines. Uh, he stopped leasing on federal lands. Mm. He um, changed the. He basically eliminated cost benefit analysis and regulation. Uh, and he started appointing people that that are openly hostile to the very uh, industries they're going to regulate. Mm-hmm. Can I get you? I just have a minute left. Um, uh, Rick Scott, Senator Rick Scott's trying to get a, a growth agenda. A lot of the stuff is, is from your playbook. Um, I don't know for what reason Mitch McConnell's gone after him. What do you think about this? I mean, you know what he wants to pause spending. He wants to make the tax cuts permanent. He he wants to have work fair work requirements, and then he said that people that don't have work requirements should pay some taxes. You got a quick thought? I I guess I've run out of time. Thirty seconds. Well, look, I started worrying on the Reagan tax cut, which I was very actively involved in and supported that we were taking people off the tax rolls and what kind of country we were going to have when you ended up with one group of people that benefit from government and the other group that pay for it. Mm. Uh, it, It's an inherent danger. Um, But if you run out of time, I better not launch in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've, we've done about 20 minutes. (laughs) So Senator Phil Graham, great state of Texas. You're the best, Phil. Don't know what we do without you. Thanks very much for helping us again. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Please hang around. We're going to talk some more about this. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 